Hey everyone, welcome back to the Raptor Show. Um, you know, Raptor Show is back next Monday, as I have been saying for the past couple weeks. We're back on air Monday, October 17th, 2 to 3 p.m. So if you check us out on Sportsnet 360, on their YouTube, uh, on Fan 590, and also continue to download the episodes on the podcast feed, those will uh, always be there. But if you're trying to, you know, watch us on the different platforms, just to let everybody know we're back. Next Monday, and please continue to follow our new Twitter account at The Raptor Show. You know, I've done a series of season preview podcasts this week, and, you know, I thought I would wrap it up uh, by bringing my close personal friend um, and CBS sports writer, James Herbert, on. Um, and, And the goal today is to make as many predictions as possible in a, a single hour because I love doing predictions um and i hope you do too james herbert how are you i am great i'm honored to be here thank you for having me yeah you're always so polite um like what's your angle with that there's no angle man i'm just a nice guy oh okay yeah yeah. no you you are a nice guy you know it's really fun uh recently hanging out with you in new york um you know we had pizza together um, and, and I'm really missing the pizza in New York, man. Have you had any pizza since you got back home? No, I don't think so. Now, now that I'm thinking about it. So, um, you know, maybe I'm just holding out, but like, you know, you obviously it's been established. Um, you're from Toronto and we had to establish that last year when, uh, Raptors fans, uh, canceled you for sending <laughs> a supportive tweet. Uh, <laughs> who are you supporting? I can't remember. Go on Dragic, right? <laughs> yes. The devil himself. Yeah. Wait, what did you say? What was the context? I, I've forgotten about this, but I, I would like a refresher. Uh, I mean, I kind of, I didn't mean it as bad as it sounded, but like I sort of came at Raptors fans who were booing him because I felt that the it was like the front office that had handled that situation poorly because they had like wanted him to stay away from the team. Um, and then they traded him and like Goran had said that. And then like right before that game, Nick Nurse had acknowledged that it was like the kind of it was not just Goran being like, I don't want to be here. Like the team kept him away and then like Goran got booed. And so I just kind of thought that like that situation could have been explained a lot better to fans. And then maybe Goran wouldn't have gotten like had that experience that game in Toronto. Yeah, but, you know, I feel like, you know, you were, you know, misguided in that because did you expect Raptors fans to not be upset, to, to not latch on to, to any player who who even hints at not being, wanting to be in Toronto? No, I mean, I, I should have known better. Like, I didn't, I should have phrased it better and I should have known better. Like, Raptors fans I, I love a good like, boo. <laughs> I feel like I'm having this sit down with you. It's like, what's that show? that um is it jada is it jada pinkett smith it's like the red room or something they like sit down with people and just go through like some real serious stuff they talk you about what i'm talking yeah no i do real stuff right? I remember, like wasn't like aisha curry on there was steph on there with her or was it just aisha yeah curry? i feel something. like yeah i feel like he did do an episode i feel like i'm gonna sit down with you right now about this goron Dragic situation but I was getting to the point, like, my favorite thing was everybody's like, this guy's from New York. He doesn't even know anything about Toronto. And I'm like, guys, this is James Herbert, man. Like, this man, is the he's the only white guy I know that's that was in CCYA. Like, that's, like, <laughs> as Toronto as it gets. Like, please, like, you know, don't make this guy, like, have to name, like, actual specific intersections that he used to, like, hoop at. 
And um, so, you know, I think time has passed and hopefully people have forgotten you. Uh, not forgotten you, but forgotten about <laughs> this, uh, this incident. Um, and, you know, hopefully you can, uh, you can be back in the good graces of Raptors fans again. And the thing people don't know is like, James writes like probably like averages like one long feature about the Raptors every year. And it's usually like a very beloved piece. Um, but like, you know, I guess people just I- ignore that, you know? I appreciate the support. Why you got to bring up old stuff though? It's it's all right. Like we don't need it. We don't need to dwell on the on the Goron thing. It's we're we're good now. I think I got back in the good graces when I did the the Scotty story last year. Yeah, yeah. Everybody should still check out James Herbert's uh, Scotty Barnes story. Um, how how do you like having your stories promoted? Like you know, like eight months after they've. Come I out? love it. I mean, you guys promoted yeah. the hell out of it at the time too. So. Like, oh, did I we appreciate okay. it then? Yeah, you brought me oh, yeah, on we, the show and everything. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, we had you on for a lot of drafts too, because I was just felt like you're a really good person to do those drafts, especially like looking back at like you know like all time Raptors cult heroes and stuff. Um, and, and and you know this, like you know the drafts are just the easiest format when you've kind of like run out of ideas to do <laughs> by the end of the season and you're like waiting for the playoffs to start. But like they are fun um so we should draft a all-time just like james herbert uh raptors features although i feel i feel like that might not that might not like go over not go over well but i don't know if people would be interested in that that is the sorry guys I, I've been, imaginable. I've, yeah sorry guys i've just been working on my manuscript um at weird hours um <laughs> you know like midnight to 6 a.m every day and you know uh i couldn't even i couldn't even make it on time for my noon appointment with james herbert today for for our recording i had to push it to 1205 and didn't even you know appear until 1210 so you know but but you know I, I don't think people actually come to the show to listen to my energy levels um but you know just uh just just letting making people aware of the energy level situation today well, i'm glad we had our pre-show chat to warm up your vocal cords so you should you should be good now <laughs> you were like you were like uh, are you okay man like um you don't sound so well i thought you were sick <laughs> well i'm about to find out if i am um anyways so we're gonna do so many predictions here and and you know we're gonna go through the all the major awards today um you know caveat on on the word major and then we have a bunch of assorted different types of predictions we've got our top five uh over unders that we like for win totals and then we're gonna make our predictions for um you know the eastern conference and western conference finals and who's gonna win the championship and then we're bringing back uh, my favorite, uh, who he play for. Uh, James has ten players for me. He actually has more than that, but we're gonna we're gonna go ten players. And I'm gonna keep track of my record this season because my goal this season is to go 500 in the who he play fors. But let's get to the awards. James Herbert, are you ready to start with the first award, most valuable player? Yeah. So you wanted me to pick my top three. For this yeah, one. so I wanted to get your top three. So for each one, I've got like, you know, the betting odds on this because, you know, we live in a world of sports gambling now. Uh, you know, don't don't put your money um, on, on any of these suggestions from us. Uh, don't gamble until <laughs> we have a gambling sponsor next week. Um, so um, but for MVP. So I thought I'd let you know the last five winners of, of some of these awards. So Nikola Jokic has won the last two. And before that, Giannis went back to back. And then it was James Harden. Uh, And this year, the betting favorite is Luka Doncic, followed by Giannis and Joel Embiid. So I actually put together my predictions and then looked at the odds. And, you know, for me, 
I guess um, I should be a Vegas odds maker because my top three was Luca first, Giannis two, and Embiid three. Um, uh, who do you, who do you have in your top three for MVP this season? So my pick is not in the top three from Vegas. Um, my top pick is Stephen Curry. And then oh, after I like that, this. After that, I have Embiid and Giannis, which is not particularly creative of me. Um, but You're not buying this Luca hype, eh? I mean, Luca looked incredible. Uh, he was awesome all summer when he played for the national team. He looks like he's in the best shape that he's maybe ever been to start an NBA season. I have no problem with that pick. He could very well win MVP. I, I'm just like, I want to see this Dallas team and how it looks. I want to see what the rotation looks like. I want to see if their defense is as good as it was last year. I want to see if the spacing is still kind of the same as it was last year. Because I, I, I think they made a lot of pretty big changes for a team that just went to the conference finals. Um, and I didn't want to just like go out and say Luca's going to get MVP when I'm not sure if that team is going to have like a top, you know, three or four record in the West, which like usually not every time, but usually that's what it takes for you to win MVP. I, I felt good about Steph. I think, um, he's sort of like a sleeping giant in these ones. Cause like, I, I think people kind of look at Steph and they're like, well, he's like won his MVPs. It's he's done winning that thing now. But if you look at his numbers from two years ago, they were absolutely insane. It was just the team wasn't good enough. Uh, now the team is going to be good enough. And I think he's due for a bounce back in his shooting. When you look at uh, his numbers last year is like weirdly the worst shooting year of his entire career. And that, doesn't mean that Stephen Curry has regressed at all. I mean, you saw what he did in the playoffs. Like, he's still that guy. Uh, so, I I mean, I think, you know, after having last year uh, coming off the title, that team, um, you know, there's some chemistry issues right now, I guess. But I, I don't know that, like, the weird vibes around the Draymond situation is going to affect how the team actually does in the end. I expect them to win a ton of games. I, I expect Steph to have a crazy year. Yeah, so Steve Curry said yesterday that they find – Draymond and you know there was a team meeting that I think Steph was involved in and Draymond and Jordan Poole was involved in as well and and, and Draymond is expected to play um, and uh, the last preseason game and be ready for opening night I actually think I really like this pick actually uh, of Steph Curry because I almost feel like this Draymond situation is going to tie in and help him as well because this might be the year that we finally like maybe just fully appreciate all the drama that Steph has had to deal with over the past decade of these like different iterations of the Warriors, um, of when Kevin Durant was here and, and what they're going through right now. And I feel like Steph has just never gotten enough credit um, for just like his leadership and holding the team together behind the scenes. Because for all the drama just like always swirling around this team, he's the one that's just like the constant and he just kind of keeps rolling. He's obviously got a very chill demeanor and he's their best player on the court. Um, so I almost think all this stuff might 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 be good for this uh, for this push. And you know this, like the MVP award is very narratively driven. And I do think Steph has come around now and it has the narrative, especially I think he's in that phase uh, after the Warriors won the championship last season that people are in that appreciation phase of his career. And I think, you know, the Warriors are expected and I expect them to be one of the top teams in the league. So I actually really like that pick. Um, I just thought like for Luca, like it's the same way as 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 Nikola Jokic last year. Like the Nuggets didn't finish, you know, with like a top four seed in, in the West, but Jokic was just such a great individual player. Uh, I think Luca's gonna do the same. You know, I don't think Dallas is gonna be that good this year. 
But if he's putting up like, uh, you know, if he's averaging like a near triple double on that team and just carrying them to even like 48 or say like 50 wins like in the West, I feel like there's going to be a huge push for for Luca, and, and I think it makes sense why he's the betting favorite. But I really like your Steph pick, um, so so I think I might just steal that actually, if that's okay. You're well, you can steal all my picks if you want. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is a plan. Okay, so that's that's MVP. Anything else you want to add about uh, the MVP race? Do you do you have a do you have like a dark horse pick? Uh, you know, Jimmy Butler is at plus five thousand. Hmm. Jimmy, that's an you're interesting like, one. You're like not really. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm thinking about Jimmy. Like I hadn't even considered him, but that's an interesting one. Um, you're not going to say does, Precious Achua. This is a Raptor no. <laughs> show, by the way. Uh, no, I mean, if I picked a Raptor, he wouldn't be where I'd go first. But I appreciate. I mean, most improved maybe for him. I didn't pick oh, him, okay. but he, maybe. Um, oh, you didn't pick him. Okay, Raptors fans, I'm just sorry. remember this guy. This guy's from New York, man um <laughs> wow this guy doesn't know I, anything about the raptors you're right Incredible. i don't know anything um yeah. no i mean i don't Jokic is sort of a dark horse pick because he's won the last two and nobody wants to vote there's for no again. way he can but, there's no yeah, there way is. he can three-peat though there's a way he, okay he's got to average he's got to average a triple double and the nuggets have i think the nuggets have to win at least the nuggets have to be the number one seed in the west yeah but i think they could be that's the thing. Like, oh, if the Nuggets are just far and away the best team in the NBA, and his yes. numbers are just as good as they were, and the defense is better than people think it is, because I think a lot of people like just kind of discount his defense when, like, in the regular season, he's a good defender. He has some. He's not a perfect one, and those get exposed in the playoffs a little more. But I think the team is going to be much better defensively this year with KCP and Bruce Brown in there. Um, that team is going to be a, a freaking juggernaut. So I mean, it kind of depends on narratives and all this other stuff, but. I think there's absolutely a path for him repeating there, even though people really don't want to give it to him. Yeah, I just love when Jokic wins MVP because then you get all those videos of him going back home and he's just like riding on a horse and, and just chilling, um, you know, with the award. Um, and and I think that's amazing. But like a three-peat is so hard. By the way, my favorite all-time MVP stat is that Steve Nash has twice as many MVPs as Shaq. Um, you know, I, I love Steve <laughs> Nash as much as anyone, but how, how did that happen, guys? Um, so... Next award, uh, Defensive Player of the Year. So last year's winner was Marcus Smart uh, of the Boston Celtics. Um, how did that happen? Were all the voters from Boston? Um, and, you know, the, the year before was Rudy Gobert, Giannis, and then Rudy Gobert also won uh, the two years prior to that. And Rudy Gobert, freshly uh, new on the Minnesota Timberwolves, is the favorite, followed by Robert Williams, Bam Adebayo, Giannis, and Draymond Green, although the only you know time Draymond might be defensive is, is doing post-game pressers and apologizing at the moment. So uh, once again, I have a very uninspired pick. I think I'm going to go with Rudy Gobert. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to take Draymond. <laughs> I went with Warriors again. <laughs> man, he's the best defender in the NBA, and he's not even like – they didn't even suspend him, man. So he's, it's not like we're dealing with this like massive long absence or anything. He's just playing basketball right from the start. I mean, I – We'll see if he ends up being healthy, but you can ask that question about everybody. Um, I don't think he has to play all 82 to win the award. He just has to play more than he did last year. And when he got hurt, he was like far and away the front runner for that award. And they were the best defense in the NBA. And I don't know if they'll be number one again, but I can't see them falling out of the top five. So, yeah, I mean, this the, the math isn't hard for me. I'm just like, who do I think is the best defender in the NBA? I, I still think it's Draymond Green right now. Yeah, like I feel like 
I feel like you're going to pick the Warriors to win it all, aren't you? But we're going to get there. I'm not going to spoil that. I might pick them for another award. That's a spoiler. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, actually, I think I gave Jordan Poole like three awards. Anyways, uh, Rookie of the Year. Uh, So last year's winner, I don't know if you knew this, was was Scotty Barnes of the Toronto Raptors, James. I did Um, know. Yeah, and before that, it was LaMelo Ball, Ja Morant, Luka Doncic, Ben Simmons. Uh, This year, you've got, you know, Paolo Bancaro, uh, Keegan Murray, Jabari Smith Jr., Jaden Ivey, and even Benedict uh, Matherin. Did you know he was Canadian? I I was aware, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, One of James and I favorite things is, um, you know, when James used to be in Toronto, um, was every time a Canadian came through, um, there would just be a massive scrum before the game with reporters. And and it would just be 15 different questions of how does it feel to be Canadian? Um, how do you feel about the future of the national team? <laughs> yeah, how do you feel about the future of the national team? Um, what do you think about the young talent feel, coming out of this? How does it right feel now? to be back home? And Trey Lyles is like, I'm actually from Saskatoon. Um, that that, that has happened um and yeah that's pretty much it or yeah yeah like how do you feel about you know the the future um you know the up-and-coming uh canadian talent that's in this league Uh, what other questions do they ask Uh, did you ever uh you know come to a raptors game when you were a kid Um, yeah trying to think there's gotta be more that part i kind of liked when they talked about watching the raptors like all anybody had to do is like mention morris peterson or something and people would like go crazy like oh oh yeah because all the guys were all the guys are in the age range too where like they watch like the terrible raptors teams yeah alamo was on a couple of good ones but yes 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 like that that was i mean that was kind of my favorite part it was just sort of like the let's say a, a guy played for like an Eastern conference team. And it was like, the guy was just here like a month and a half ago. It's like, there's nothing new to ask him about Canadian basketball, but like, we're going to go through this whole thing anyway. <laughs> no, it's amazing, man. It's like, uh, what's it like? Uh, what, you know, what was it like seeing the Raptors win a championship? Uh, did that mean something to you? Um, yeah. Well, that was past my time there, but yes, I imagine yeah. those are the kinds of questions that, that are asked now. Yeah. And now it's just like, Oh, there's like pretty much, there's almost a Canadian, like every team, like there is like so much bigger. So, there's like three Canadians. There's three Canadians on the Raptors. There you go. So they they should do that scrum every game with Ken Birch, <laughs> Delano Banton, and Chris Boucher. I think that'd be amazing. You should ask Just them if like Nick's a, a better coach one. for the Raptors or the <laughs> Oh yeah. What's it like uh you know, having Nick Nurse? Uh what's Nick Nurse like as a as a national national team coach? There's really like a hundred Canadian questions you can ask. Yeah. Which is um which is amazing. How do we get here? Oh, yeah, so did you pick Scotty Ben Barnes. Matherin? Is that is that what's happening here? No, no. I was just reading off the list okay. um, of, of like the favorites. Uh, I'm going with uh, Keegan Murray of the Sacramento ah, Kings. So am I. I hate that you did that. Oh, man. This is so unoriginal from you, James. I, no, I wanted to. I changed it because I thought it was somewhat original. I was going to go with Paolo. Uh, well, but... only one of us has actually watched Keegan Murray. So what's your scouting report on Keegan Murray? <laughs> Uh, he's a super polished player. I think he's going to get a ton of minutes for a team that is like actively trying to win and trying to get into the play in sort of hoping that there's a team above them that falls apart or something. Like there's there. some, there's some Sacramento Kings buzz this year. I feel like, I mean, it's like play in level buzz, but there is some buzz, right? Yeah. I mean, the buzz is they have some good players on the team and they are unlike a lot of other teams in similar sort of positions. Like they are very desperate to make the play in and just have a chance of getting to the playoffs. Uh, it's just been so long since they've been there. And, you know, they drafted a guy 
Yeah, it's a little bit Scotty-ish, right? Like the initial pick, people were like, oh, that's, I don't know, like that's a reach, like should have gone with somebody with more upside. And then you see him play and it's sort of like, oh, I I think there is upside here. And by the way, he's like pretty good right now as well. Um, So yeah, he looked amazing in summer league. Uh, He is, you know, if you look at even what he's done in the preseason, it's impressive. Not that I like to read a ton into that. Um, But yeah, I just, I... I think if anybody aside from Paolo is going to win it, um, this is the one that like would not surprise me. What's um What's Kika Murray's like comp? You would say like in terms of how he plays. Uh, I heard a lot of like Tobias Harris around the draft. Oh, um, that's a uh, that's promising. Yeah, like not not a crazy athlete, not a guy who necessarily profiles as like a superstar, but like a big wing who is skilled, who can score, who can rebound, who can like just kind of do a lot of things out there. Um, that that was sort of the the pre-draft scouting report on him. I, I think people might be a little higher on like the, you know, whatever the like high end outcomes would be now and the, the upside there than, than Tobias Harris. But I mean, Tobias Harris is a max player, so... That's not certainly not a bad outcome. <laughs> yeah, Tobias, Tobias Harris is certainly a max player. I think I think I think the Sacramento Kings just get roasted anyways on draft night now. Like it's just become a thing, right? Because I remember on draft night when they took Keegan Murray, it wasn't like Jaden Ivy, like I guess like the quote unquote well, that, like, obvious guy that they should have. That taken. was why. Yeah, that that was yeah. why people clown them is because they thought, oh, they they missed out on Ivy. Every it's always the guy after the Kings pick that turns out to be a star. But I mean, in fairness to this front office, like they drafted Tyrese Halliburton, who fell to them. They then traded him, which was weird, but they did draft him. Um, De'Aaron Fox is was Vlad- a good pick, is, too. Is Vladi Divac still the GM there? No, no. Oh, no. okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> I've, I've, I haven't been keeping up with my Sacramento Kings, um, whose, whose PR team once sent me an angry email because I called them the model of mediocrity, and that was like six years ago. Um, you called them the model yeah, of something. Yeah, I know. I should have replied to them with that. But I, I think it'd be hilarious for for Sacramento, and we know about their playoff drought, to like finally have a relatively successful year, make the play-in, and uh, this being the year that they miss out on, on the Victor Wembayama sweepstakes. Oh, like, they I like fully... Makes, I feel like that makes sense. They are not in Sacramento. that sweepstakes at all. Yeah, like they're not... Yeah, but I feel like this is the year for them to be terrible. This is the like year for everybody to be year. terrible, yeah. Yeah, this is all, we'll, we'll talk about that, man. I feel like, I feel like there's going to be... At least like twelve teams tanking, which is like approaching 12. like half. This is like approaching half of the league, but we'll talk about that. That does seem a little bit too much. I want um, you to list those at some point. <laughs> yeah, we we will go through that. Uh, six man of the year. Uh, you know, last year's winner was Tyler Hero. Uh, I love looking at the six man of the year winners: uh, Jordan Clarkson, Montrez Harrell, and then Lou Williams twice prior to that. Um, this year's favorite, Jordan Poole. And you know Tyler Heroes once again one of the one of the co favorites Christian Wood on Dallas is is another is another player. Um, who who do you um who do you have for six man of the year, James? I think this is going to be the year that a player who actually plays good defense wins six man of the year. It never happens, but I'm I'm going with Malcolm Brogdon. Mm. I mean Ma- Malcolm Brogdon can put up stats too. Like you know this is a very stats heavy driven uh, award. It's basically just gone to I think like just like the best score most years off the bench right yep like just like highest scoring average i mean i don't think brogdon will be that but i mean he's gonna be playing on a really good team 
And I think he's going to be playing a, a really huge role on that team. So, so I do like that pick a lot. Um, I was kind of interested in, in Christian Wood, but I just, I don't know. I, I can't take Christian Wood seriously. I feel like, but I, then, then I'm like, he is going to put up, I feel like he is going to put up some really nice numbers off the bench for the Mavs. I also think there's a chance that before long, he's starting for them. Which right, because he showed up to him. media day and he was like, nobody told me I was coming off the bench. Well, they, they um, I think that was a little bit tongue in cheek. Like they promised JaVale <laughs> McGee the starting spot when they signed him. Like he gave a quote immediately, like when free agency opened about. Like, oh, that's yeah. right. He did an interview the same day with like Tim McMahon. And he's like, yeah, they uh, they told me I'm the starter. Yeah. And I mean, flex. theoretically, they could start Wood next to McGee like that could be fine. Um, I personally see him more as a center. Um, but I, I just kind of suspect that this starting lineup that the Mavs have now will change a fair bit over the course of the season. Um, if I were kid, I would want to have a look at Tim Hardaway in that starting lineup a little bit. I'd want to see what happened. If you move Dorian Finney Smith to the three, instead of the four, I kind of like him better at the four. And I just, I don't know. Like, I think they're going to find out really quickly that Christian Wood and Luca on offense is just like a very powerful combination. They're going to want to play those guys more together. And the simplest way to do that is to put what it would in the starting lineup and put him at center. So the floor can be spaced around them. Um, so I just, yeah, I, I think there's some stuff for them to figure out. I think he's a fine pick for six man of the year, but I, I could see him starting too many games for that to, for him to be eligible. Okay. Yeah. Once again, very uninspiring picks for me today. I'm going to go with the favorite Jordan Poole. I think just, I think this just speaks more to, to the award voting. I think, you know, it's, it's just very narrative driven and it seems like everything's lining up for Jordan Poole. If, if he has a big year off the bench. Also, um, he looks like a know. star right now. Did, like he is yeah. absolutely no, I destroying did. everybody I did in see. preseason. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I have, I have actually seen the highlights because um, I'm very anti preseason. But yeah, no, I think I think there's a reason why he's 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 a clear favorite. And again, it just goes back to like six man of the year is just like a counting stats award. Six yeah. man of the year is one of those awards where I wish they would do kind of like all NBA first team is like have like five guys. Actually, they they should have six guys in the spirit of the six man. Like <laughs> the just six like the man top of the six year. guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the all six man of the year first team. Um the more awards, uh the better. Also, I was looking at this list. Of, of like the betting favorites and i was like who is nashawn highland and i was like oh that's bones, bones. Highland. <laughs> yeah i was like oh because yeah. i was like oh i bet you james gonna hit me with that who he play for but i'm like oh never mind that's actually bones um most improved player john morant was the winner last year i believe he gave the award to desmond bain like the actual award um after he won it i wonder um, if bain Julius- still has it or if he gave it back to him yeah, if someone did that, if you were Desmond Bain, would you accept that even though you technically didn't win the award? I keep it around for a while. I don't I don't know if I'd like <laughs> want it. Like I mean it'd be kind of funny to just have that forever, but I would feel like, a little would weird you about feel, it. I'd would you offer feel it like that was your award cuz that's not your award? No. I would not feel like it was my award. Right? I wasn't yeah. voted in. Like no. Nah. It was nice yeah. of Jaw to do it, but it's also kind of a flex to be like I'm past this. Yeah. So John Morant and then a uh, year prior was Jul- Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, Pascal Siakam, Victor Oladipo. Uh, who is your most improved player pick for this year? My pick is Devin Vassell in San Antonio, oh who I think God, it's such a James Herbert pick. Is it? I kind of. Um, I was I was kind of going back and forth between him and Josh Giddy, um, 
but I think Vassell is going to have to just by virtue of what the team looks like, he's going to have to play a much bigger role there than before. He's going to get a lot more shots up. And I think he's like actually talented enough to do something with that role. And if he just puts up some numbers, uh, the stats are going to look a lot, a lot, a lot better than they were because he was a glorified three and D guy, three and D and like a little more last year. And I, I just think he's going to, he's not going to be like the primary playmaker for the team. He's not going to be running point, but I think he's going to, he could like lead that team in scoring and he could be their best player. Yeah, I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards just because, you know, I think this will be similar to to John Morant where one of the young promising players in the league makes another leap and you're expecting the Minnesota Timberwolves to to be a better team and I think he's going to play a big role in that. Um so, but but I do I I I do like your pick. This is why I have you on. Uh well, your pick the is year. the way the award has gone in recent years, right? Like Yes. Yes. It has been I, going I, to guys who make the All-Star team. Yeah, I'm I'm making picks uh, as if I I am actually gambling on this and, and wanting to make money, um, instead of taking uh, too much risk. Um, Coach of the year, last year's winner Monty Williams um, has finally spoken to DeAndre Ayton, I believe. Uh, year before That's that, good. Tom Thibodeau, uh, Nick Nurse, Mike Budenholzer, Dwayne Casey. Man, the Raptors have had a lot of Coach of the Years over the years. Sam Mitchell got one too, right? Yeah, weird. Kevin yeah. O'Neill didn't, huh? Oh yeah. Um, Maybe because he punched a wall that one. Oh, no. I can't remember the stories. I don't want to get sued. Um, you know, uh, allegedly. Um, who is your pick for coach of the year? I went with Willie Green. Oh, my God. Me too, bro. Wow. We're just simpatico today. Yeah. I just think um, this is what I'm saying, man. During prediction season, like, I feel like 80% of people's predictions are the same. I mean, except this is like a, a kind of predictable like a Devin one. Vassell. You know what I mean? Um, got to stand out sometimes but willie makes well, sense. like this is a, a team that yes. if you think they're going to outperform their win total which we'll get to later <laughs> um if you think they're going to make a big jump in the standings uh he would maybe be rewarded for that there's some narrative things built into that like he has to integrate a like franchise player back into a team that kind of got established without him he has to figure out how the pieces fit on both ends. And I think there's already some momentum based on how that team improved last year uh, for people to like want to reward him for being a good up and coming coach with this, with this relatively young team. Yeah. And, and I think that is essentially the coach of the year award every year, right? Like, like the voters are just going to lean towards uh, the team that makes like a really big year to year jump. And, and I think we're both in agreement that, you know, the, the Pelicans are, are going to make a leap in the West. And I was kind of looking at other teams, too. I mean, I thought about Doc Rivers for like three seconds just because, like, I think the Sixers are getting a lot of hype. So if they actually live up to that hype, maybe there will be a push there. But it's hard for me to see. And, I'm like, I'm looking at the Western Conference teams. I mean, like, I think you expect Golden State to be up there. Maybe Mike Malone? Maybe Mike Malone, if, if the Nuggets have, like, if they are, like, the best team in the West, I could mm-hmm. see Mike Malone being in there. He's um, mad that you're calling him Mike, though, but yeah. Um, oh, yeah, sorry, Michael. Yeah, shouts to Michael Malone. Um, yeah, I can see Mike Malone up there. And then it's like you have to cross <laughs> off, like, teams, like, guys that have won already. Like, like you know, like, well, I don't think Phoenix is going is gonna to be better than what they were last year. What did they win, like, 64? But, like, you know, Monty yeah. Williams is not winning again. Like, Eric Spolcher is not winning again. Like, the criteria for those guys, like, they would have to win, like, 65-plus games. Wait, has Spo ever won it? 
I think Spo has won a coach. I feel like Spo should win every year, but I don't remember him winning it. Maybe he did. Oh, are you are you a Spo stan like that? Oh yeah, I'm a big time Spo. I think he's amazing. Like I, I thought about picking him now just because I I always kind of want him to win it. Um, but I don't. Rem- did he win it? You before? know what? I'm looking this up right now. He has never won Coach of the Year. There you go. Because I guess he didn't get credit. Obviously, didn't get credit during the LeBron years. Even though I, I still look at those Heat teams, like not the first year, but after that, like those were the best coach teams that LeBron has ever played for. Those were the most imaginative offenses that LeBron has ever been in. Like I thought he did a great job of giving those teams an identity beyond just, hey, we have some stars. No, I think he deserves a lot of credit for, for that run. And that was the best organization that LeBron's ever been part of. But like Spo has never won coach of the year, but he was also chosen as one of the top 15 coaches in NBA history. Yes. Which Man. is wild that he's never won the award. <laughs> no, this is actually, you're going to change your pick. Shocked by this. Um, no, cause I just can't find anyone else. Like I just can't, I can't think of anyone else. I was thinking Mike Brown too. No, I meant change it to Spo if you want to give it to him. No, but I mean, I think Miami will be fine, but I don't think they're going to have, they would have to have like a, like, again, I think the bar for Spo is like Miami would have to have like 55 plus wins or something like that. That's possible. Which is like, yeah, it's, it's possible. I mean, I I was going to say too, I think for most of the Miami teams, like, I guess like they've just been more impressive in the playoffs at times, like even the Jimmy Butler team in the bubble. Um, So, so maybe that's been like, you know, one of the things against Spo, but like, I mean, they finished with a number one seed last year. But, man, I'm actually really upset that Spo has never won Coach of the Year. There was that team that started off, I think they started off 11 and 30, and then they went 30 and 11. Oh, and yeah. This is this was like the Dion Waiters. Uh, James like Johnson. James, James Johnson. Yeah. I think Hassan Whiteside was still there as well. Um, yeah, and, and then Pat Riley signed all of them and regretted every single contract right away. And then um, wriggled out of it. And got yeah, back to the finals. Like, Crazy. Man, I'm actually shocked right now that Spo has never won Coach of the Year. Like, this is actually bothering me now. It's an injustice. Uh, yeah. No, this is my new Asian uh, Heritage Month agenda coming up. Um, Executive of the Year, uh, an award that I, I want to remind everyone that Masai and Bobby um, you know, have never won. Uh, the last five winners, uh, Zach Kleiman, Memphis, James Jones, Phoenix, Lawrence Frank, Clippers, John Horse, Milwaukee, Daryl Morey, Houston, uh, my executive of the year pick is uh, Danny Ainge, um, <laughs> because I think I think the exec um, that is doing the best job in terms of tanking should be rewarded this year. I love that pick. I, I mean, you could pick Presty every year. You could pick Ainge now. <laughs> I mean, like, can you though? I, love this. I feel like yes. I feel like I mean, like Presty's been doing amazing this tanking job. thing for like for like six years, man. No, he hasn't. Like, they made the playoffs like three years ago. Like, this is the thing. They've, they've tanked two years. Well, it feels like six years, so I'm going with six. Yeah. I really hope OKC gets Victor Wambayama because I just want them to stop tanking. I want them to get him just because I want to see him and Chet on the same team. That would be Well, I think no, I amazing. think it'll be really fun on the court as well. But, like, I, I would just like these teams on these, like, long-term tanking plans to just, like, just stop. Like, I try really... to think, like, remember, remember there was one that one year when, like, uh, you know, after Masai came back and took over and after he traded Barnani and people thought he was going to trade Kyle as well. And he almost did. It was going to trade DeMar. And like, it was a whole tanking for Wiggins thing. And of course it never happened and ended up winning uh, the division 
and then and then started like a decade long run. But like, I try to think too, like if they had done that and had to go through like four or five years, like it's you know, like it's tough. Like I get I get the reason why you do it, but like imagine doing like a Raptor show every day for a team like OKC. That's like just like tanking for like five years. Like what am I supposed to do? Yeah, I mean I. All I'm saying is these GMs need to think of, you know, like podcasters and stuff. They need to think of the podcasters. I get it. Yeah. I mean, Rice Ricky Sanchez has been going 10 years and they were just exclusively talking about tanking for a while. That's why they started it. So it's possible. It can be done. Um, And speaking of them, Daryl Morey, I was just listening to him on the podcast and that's who I'm picking for executive of the year. Oh my God. Daryl Morey again? Yeah. Yeah, man. Daryl Morey. If you think they're going to win a lot of regular season games then like that's how you get rewarded for this. And I will remind you like, and listeners like media don't vote for this one. This is the one that like other executives vote for you. Yeah. That's a, I have a problem with that. Actually, shouldn't the media vote on this. Like this is like, if you let the players vote for MVP, well, they, they do let them vote, but it doesn't count for every. Yeah. I mean, like they, they had the players awards, I guess is how I should put it. Um, and that but was executives kind of voting for ex- other executives makes no sense to me. Yeah, I don't love it. I don't. It, it makes it feel like you have to be. It's like sort of a popularity contest too. Um, right. Which I mean, it says something that Maury, who was like considered kind of a new age GM, that the old school types were uncomfortable with when he started. He has gotten to a point where I mean, he won this award a few years ago. The league has kind of changed. And, sort of in his image. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, this is purely just about the off season that the Sixers had. I thought he went and plugged the holes that needed to be plugged on that roster. And, you know, part of it is he got hardened last year and now it's like, all right, so now you need to build a hardened team that is also kind of an Embiid team that can play better defense, that can switch, that has some more guys that will like, you know, get a loose ball that will be a little tougher in in the playoffs and like he went and got those guys and i think the team makes sense i don't i didn't i'm not like picking them to like win the title but i i think they're gonna win an absolute ton of games and be a contender and it's like directly related to what they did in the offseason because it's a, it a tangibly better team than it was when you know when the raptors saw him in the playoffs yeah i think that's fair i just i just think we need a better system for this executive of the year award um, that's fair start starting with removing the execs from from voting um all right let's get to the important awards man uh the twyman stokes teammate of the year award so this is an <laughs> annual award in the nba that recognizes the league's ideal teammate who exemplifies selfless play and commitment and dedication to this team the last five winners have been drew holiday damian lillard drew holiday again mike conley jr and jamal crawford James Herbert, who is your Twyman Stokes Teammate of the Year award? Okay, so I'm going to read you a quote. Um, Kareth Burke oh, tweeted God. this last night. Uh, yeah. Steve Kerr says, Kevon Looney, <laughs> I already know quote, this, but go ahead. has so much wisdom and has become, quote, the moral compass of the team. Quote, he was a key instrument in everything that we've had going on the last week to get things back on track. I'll ride with Loon forever. This is a special man, end quote. Wow. Kevon Looney, wow. a special man. He is, he is my Looney pick for emerging, this, this award. Emerging as a teammate of the year candidate 
is is my favorite storyline in the preseason. Next, <laughs> next to the Raptors getting a giant uh, screen at their practice facility that shows you how many deflections each uh, player is getting. This is just um, building on a real strong teammate year last year from Looney, where you'll recall wow. he played in all 82 games in the regular yeah. season, despite yeah, a history love, of injuries. I love Kavon. I love Kavon Looney as Thank a player. Thank you. Man. Who doesn't? Everybody loves him. His teammates love him. Um, I, I think, you know, opposing coaches will like speak about him sort of reverentially. He's a guy that has absolutely zero ego. He was on the bench and not playing a huge role. Uh, in their Memphis series before Steph and Draymond went to, was Steve Kerr out with COVID at the time? I think that he went, uh, they they went to Mike Brown slash Steve Kerr and said, we need to like start Loon. We need to get him in there because he's going to do the, the good teammate stuff, honestly. Like he's going to rebound. He's going to play defense. And you saw him switching out onto guards in huge playoff games and like guys just not even be, being able to get by him or exploit him. He played a huge role for that team while not getting that many counting stats aside from, you know, rebounds and they, they love him. He was a big part of them winning a championship. And now that we're hearing about this off the court stuff and how he was a mediator in this Draymond situation, like it's all, it's all coming together. This is, this is the year of loon, the teammate. No, I love that. Uh, You know, I think, I think you should be able to bet on teammate of the year. You know, I think that that'd be just amazing bet um, to place. And I can see Looney, Looney just like low key. I'm thinking of like, Obviously, I think Looney has a way bigger impact um, than, say, like Nick Collison. I mean, Nick Collison did have an wow. impact with like Seattle slash like OKC. But like, I, I'm thinking more of the comparison of like, we're going to look in like 10, 12 years and be like, oh, my God, Kevon Looney has just been with the Warriors for like his entire yeah. career. And now he has just become like one of the most underappreciated guys. Because like just watching him in the playoffs last season, too, I'm like, man, like he is low key a very important player on this team and he like never gets talked about in that way like i'm sure warriors fans in the bay area appreciate him in, in the way they that do. i think maybe the rest of us don't right but it's like you never like when's a lot when's the last time you heard of like a kavan looney um just like you know narrative push for anything like outside <laughs> of the bay area he yeah. just doesn't get talked about like that yeah i think when he gets talked about what people say is he doesn't get talked about enough like that i've heard steve kerr say that a time. <laughs> yeah yeah that's I've another heard... award <laughs> that's another award um and, and i guess we'll do this next year uh it's just that like the he doesn't get talked about enough award <laughs> the um... drew holiday immortal the most underrated <laughs> yeah, player yeah, in the yeah, league yeah. when he's like yeah, made yeah, all-star yeah. team yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 the he doesn't get talked about award i also like the just like uh most unnecessary like drama award which of course would go to draymond um like it's it's, I, it's I just so funny unnecessary absolutely unnecessary yeah <laughs> it's just so funny you win a championship you punch your teammate then you have to go through all of this stuff of apologizing take a few days off from the team you can't even podcast anymore um and <laughs> not being able to podcast is hilarious to me too and now you're just going to come back on the team anyways my tom and stokes teammate of the year award uh i'm gonna give it i don't i can't believe this guy's never won it um, let's, let's name this award after Udonis Haslam. Like, uh, you know, Udonis Haslam has been in the NBA for two decades and, and, you know, there's a reason why he's still on the team. Um, you know, even though I think he averages less minutes than his Jersey number, um, or plays like total minutes and it's like, his Jersey no, number like, is 40. Oh, I put total. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Total, total, total. So, <laughs> so, you know, that's another good bet, you know, uh, uh you know, Udonis, uh, Haslam's uniform number versus total minutes he'll play, uh, this season. Um, I'm, I'm going to take the Jersey number on that one, but like, 
shouldn't Udonis Haslam be recognized for this? Yeah, and this is his his last ride. This is his... is it? Has he yeah. announced? Yeah, he did. Okay, because I know he like I know he made a big deal about like hey like during the off season he's like hey tomorrow I'm gonna be at like a parent teacher conference meeting I'm gonna make my decision, um and then he made yeah. his announcement. So oh wow I didn't know this was his last year. So this is so tw- you tell me the 2022 23 season is the Udonis Haslam farewell tour. That's what it's supposed to be now. If he backs out, it wouldn't be the first time he had like sort of intimated in years past that he was going to step away. At one point, he said that he and Dwayne Wade had talked about like they wanted to go out together, um, but clearly that didn't happen. <laughs> um, but no, nah, I'll take it. I'll take his word for it this time. I mean, he's been he's been okay. around quite a while. Well, we know I think this is it. Yeah. So that would be a good way to. It's like a lifetime achievement teammate of the year. Award. Yeah, I, I would dig it. Yeah. No, I love it, man. People will remember his iconic like two minute appearance two years ago. When I think he picked up like two points and two technicals against Dwight Howard. Um, and it was one of the most iconic uh, regular season performances. Now, we know there's been some great final NBA games. Um, like Dwayne Wade, his last regular season game, had a triple-double with a banana bowl watching him courtside in Brooklyn. You know, of course, we know Kobe. I was at that game. game. I talked to UD after that game. I thought that was UD's final game, and it wasn't. Ah, that's amazing. Um, you know, right now, tell me right now, how many points is Udonis Haslam going to score in his final NBA game, James? Oh, I want it to be like, I want it to be 40. I want it to match the uniform number. I want him <laughs> I to thought get you were going to say I want it to be five. <laughs> nah, man, I want him to get up as many shots as possible. I mean, we're, we have to hope for like a, a really specific confluence of events, right? Like the Heat okay, need here, to be Here's in, what we I, need. Number one, the Heat have clinched, the Heat have clinched their seating yes, in the playoffs. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so then they're playing their second and third string guys on the final night of the season, right? And you just feed UD. He, that yeah. was happening in that Wade game. Like, the, like Dwayne and UD were running, like, pick and pops in, like, two-man game, like, because they were never going to get to do it again. And uh, UD took a couple threes, if memory serves, um, which, like, he will, like, when he gets in games now, like, he will not hesitate to shoot threes. He works on it in practice. Like, I've seen him at, like, every heat practice I've been doing the last five years. He shoots threes. Um, I I really, I really hope he gets to have that moment. But honestly, like, the points, like, I say that kind of in jest. I, what I really want to see is just him, like, screen somebody real hard and have them fall down and UD kind of smirk at him. Like, that. That that's enough for me. Okay, I'm going to say five points and four screen assists and two technicals. Nice. I think... I think Udonis has to has to get tossed in his final game. Like like I feel like that's like, you know, that's like Kobe taking 50 shots in his final game. And that's that's what I that's what I want, you know, that's going to be like Steph taking 53s in his final game, which is what I'm expecting as well. Uh, I think I think that'll be amazing. All right, um saving the most important one for last, um you know, the Hustle Award. Um, is an M- uh, annual NBA award given since 2017 to players that best utilize hustle to keep their teams, uh, to help their teams win on a nightly basis. The award is decided, decided using a metric known as hustle stats, which tracks defensive and offensive efforts, such as diving for loose balls, taking charges, deflections, setting screens, and contesting shots. Last five winners have been Marcus Smart, Thaddeus Young, Montrez Harrell, Marcus Smart again, and Amir Johnson. I am giving the hustle award to P.J. Tucker. Ah, oh, so am I. Yeah. This He's my, just this the first my... person you think of when you think of hustle, no? Well, it's I more mean, like... aside from Juancho is... Hernan Gomez, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the hustle award could just go to, I mean, or Anthony Edwards, I guess. Um, but not, 
PJ, like what he's doing is quite literally unprecedented in the NBA. Like for a guy his age to not just be in the NBA, but to still be like a a lockdown defender, a guy that is guarding opposing stars in the playoffs for huge minutes, that's playing small ball five when like PJ is like six foot five, six six. Like it's crazy. He's he just seems like the exact same guy that he was five, six years ago. And I know like usually when you talk about like you know, advancements in technology, helping players age better. Like you're still talking about like Chris Paul's and LeBron's of the world, like typically. Um, PJ Tucker's a role player who's playing the exact same role that he had, that he's played forever and has not really slowed down one bit. And he just signed a three-year contract and I love it. Like I love everything about it. Um, I didn't realize when I picked this that this award was apparently just like a formula. So now I feel weirder about it. I don't know if he's going to get those. Oh, those so they stats. actually take those hustle stats that I mentioned. Well, if, and they if just that's calculate. what you said, I that's what I that's what I thought you read to me. Um, oh yeah, you know what? You're right. They're, they that, use the metric. I guess this is not a voting. This is just like a straight math equation. If that's the case, then I feel much less like confident about my pick. But when I thought it was voted on, then I thought, yeah, like this is a holy like I can't believe PJ is still doing this sort of award. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like PJ's hustle stats are going to be up there. Like, I'm actually surprised he's never won this. Like, when you're talking about just, like, diving for loose balls and, like, taking charges, deflections, like, this is literally all PJ Tucker does. Yeah, but part of it is, like, like they don't... It's not like they take into account, like, fighting over screens or, like, the amount of times that you switch yeah, in a game. Yeah, or, like, or off like ball the, stuff and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. like, like I mean, part of it is, counted. like... Like, they, ca- they track box outs, but they don't track, like oh, wow, this guy is boxing out Steven Adams and he's as tall as Dwayne Wade. Like, you know what I mean? It's There's a specific, like, P.J. Tuckerness that doesn't quite get captured by those stats, which is, like, I think why people appreciate him. Okay, no, that's fair. Um, and, you know, um, RIP to the J. Walter Kennedy Citizenship Award, um, you know, which is uh, which was given to a player, coach, or staff member who shows outstanding service and dedication to the community, but... Uh, the award, uh, you know, was discontinued in, in 2020. So, um, you know, I guess we, we won't make our pick. Malcolm Brogdon will have it forever. Yeah, that, that is the last winner um, if you're going to trivia night. All right. So those were the the major and minor awards. Um, I thought we could go through a few other categories as well in the interest of making as many predictions as possible. So uh, I I did give you uh, 10 random questions about this NBA season that I wanted to get your answers on. Um, So let's start with uh, who do you think will be the first head coach to be fired this season? I don't know if this counts, but Ime Udoka maybe? (laughs) That doesn't count, man. Why? Yeah. Okay, because okay, so you're you're going on a technicality that he hasn't officially been fired, and that I mean he, he's yes. Joe Mazzulla is the interim coach of the Celtics. <sighs> yes, I think we're all aware at this point that it's just a legal process, and I think the process will end with him not returning to the Celtics. Ime Udoka. That's that's the I mean, assumption, that's, right? That's yeah. the pick that I'm making. So yeah, but I don't oh know that God. to be true. I think there's still like there's a chance he comes back to them. There's a chance that he doesn't get fired. That he, I don't some think sort of mutual thing, he or back. he quits or something. If, like, I don't know. No, that's fair. I, I think they're just playing this out legally to 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 see, um, you know, how much money he might be able to recruit um, from the rest of his contract, et cetera, et cetera. But I had Tom Thibodeau as my pick. Wow, really? If if the Knicks get off to a really so slart. Um, I feel like he's the obvious pick. 
because you know I don't think the Knicks are going to be great, and I think there are expectations on this team. Like they just signed RJ Barrett to a huge extension. They have Julius Randle there on a huge contract. They just brought in Jalen Brunson, and you know I've heard a lot of talk. I'm sure you have too, as as a New Yorker who has never lived in Toronto, um, that <laughs> like that the you know there's this push and pull between. I think, you know, some people on the team want some of the younger players like Quentin Grimes and like Obi Toppin to play more. And Tibbs seems more insistent on going with the experienced players as he's always done. So I feel like there's just there's a recipe there for if the Knicks get off to like, say, a five and 12 start, that questions are going to be asked and they might move on. Yeah, there, there's a there's a world in which that happens. I feel weirdly zen about this year's Knicks. I felt really bad about them going into last year. This year, I feel like it's a little bit more of a Tibbsy team. Um, I think Brunson's going to be good for them. I love Hardenstein. I think their second unit's going to be really good, which, I mean, their second unit was really good last year. It was just the starters that were bad. Um, but, oh, yeah. yeah their, I mean, start, their starting five was, like, all-time bad, right? Like, I was like, wasn't that, like, one of the worst starting fives? Yeah, and then one of, the, like, one of the best, like, for a while, they had the worst starting five and the best bench in the NBA. That was the whole the like big story from the first few weeks of the season and that trend was kind of there even though the starting five changed over the course of the year um but i it's a really deep team i don't like i'm not picking them to do anything big this year but i feel like tibbs is gonna get a decent amount out of them so i i feel like kind of just zen about it like i just think they're gonna be like pretty good like they're going to be okay to pretty good and he'll last another year, but we'll see. Yeah. I was just, I was just scanning the teams and I think some years there are obvious candidates of head coaches who are like on the hot seat and just nothing jumped out at me. So I kind of looked at the Knicks and I was like, okay, I can see this scenario actually yeah. happening. And I think it's a harder question to answer this year because once again, uh, you know, like one third of the league isn't even trying to win this year. So, you know, yeah. none of those coaches are in, in, in any danger. Um, next question for you. Who do you think is the first big-name player that will be traded this season? Russell Westbrook's a pretty big name. So, yeah. I'll go with that him. that was the obvious pick. I, yeah. it, I can't help it. Like, it's obvious, but, I mean, they got to do it, right? They have to. Yeah. Um, I went with DeMar DeRozan. I don't even know why I picked this. I guess I was just imagining a scenario where the Lakers somehow get him. Um, you know, well, what if, if what if the if, Bulls if what if Westbrook the Bulls and DeRozan are in the trade, start? then we're both right. Yeah, what if what if the Bulls uh get off to a slow start, you know, because Lonzo Ball um, you know, is is out with injury, you know, get well soon. And you know, what if the Lakers come with the offer uh with, with those two draft picks? And maybe they throw in I don't know. I, the problem is like the Lakers have nothing else to throw in any trade. Like, who are they really realistic going to throw in aside from the two draft picks to entice teams? Like, Austin Reeves? I mean, I'd ask for Reeves, but <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, it's man. not... A- I'd ask yeah. for Reeves is hilarious, man. I would ask for Reeves, um, um, but yeah, no, I mean, you're right. Like, the, But the thing about the two draft picks are, is like, those draft picks are super valuable. Like, a 2027 and 2029, like, if the Lakers are bad now, imagine how bad they'll be when LeBron is gone. Yeah. Like, the, I think there will be plenty of teams in the NBA that are very happy to, like, basically short the Lakers and bet on their downfall way out into the future. I think most teams would like 27 and 29 picks from, like, literally any team, no matter how good they are. Like, even if you're getting, like, a Celtics pick or a Bucks pick or, like, whoever you want to name, um, 
so many things can theoretically go wrong in that amount of time. Like we, we have seen it over and over these teams. It, it feels like they're going to be good forever. Like something goes wrong. And if it goes really wrong and you have their unprotected pick, then you're golden. Um, so I think there's that. And then there's the added element of like, it's the Lakers. And I think a lot of people just kind of see specific downside to that situation once LeBron is out. So I, I do think those are very valuable. Um, so I think they should be able to do something. Um, it's just, they couldn't like thus far, they've been able, they've, they've been unable to figure it out and to find exactly what they want. And I guess we'll see, like maybe they will find a better trade than like the Indiana package. That everybody's talked about with Turner and healed in between now and the deadline. Will that involve DeRozan? Uh, it's within the realm of possibility, but I like the bulls are in a weird place. Like DeRozan wasn't their only win now move. Like they, they traded a lot of stuff to get Vooch in there. Um, they very obviously and clearly declared their intentions to compete. And that was the name of their offseason, not this year, but the, the offseason prior. And it like for a while there, it looked like it was working. So I, they can still just point to injury and say, like, when we get Lonzo back, things will be fine um, and try to keep going at it that way. But yeah, if, if the wheels completely come off, then you're going to hear about that possibility. You're going to hear about DeRozan. You might hear about Levine too. I don't know. Yeah, I, I do think that's why I think they're in this weird spot where they did push all in. And I think they had such an exciting start to last season. And then they just got a reality check in like the second half of the season and especially in the playoffs. And, you know, everybody was saying that like, you know, this team has its limitations. Like I remember the first couple months we were talking about like, could the Bulls, you know, uh, compete with, you know, the Bucks and like the Celtics and all these teams. Uh, in the playoffs and it's like um, you know turns out you know everybody who were saying that that you know that there was a limit on how far they could go like they were right so well um, but that's not totally fair though because like how were they winning those games they're winning those games with Caruso and Ball out there playing crazy perimeter defense and then getting out in transition and then if it's close at the end it's DeMar Hero time it's not the same when both Caruso and Ball were out which they were for a while and then Caruso comes back but Ball is still gone for like the entire last month or so, maybe longer in the regular season and does not come back in the playoffs and they're just toast and ball is still hurt. They're still trying to figure out what is going on there. I believe he just had surgery and like, yeah, the ball stuff sounds very not good. Wasn't he talking about just having struggling to just like walk like up the yeah. stairs, like down the stairs, just like everyday life stuff. Like I really hope everything is okay there. No, I think, I think your points are fair in terms of the injuries, but I also think like when you look at, when you look at just the team, like, I, you know, I love DeMar and what he's done, like, you know, in, in his kind of post-Raptors era. And, you know, Zach Levine's a really good player. They've got Vucevic there. It's just like, I feel like they're in a spot where, you know, if, if they don't get off to a quick start, th- it's like a type of team that I can see pivoting. And, like, maybe yeah. they do, like, a full pivot in a way because you mentioned they've given away a lot of their draft capital and this is their way to kind of get that some of that back. And who knows, man? Like, I feel like there's going to be like one or two, like, teams that you're not expecting to be kind of tanking and in that Victor Wambayama uh, race that I feel like maybe early in the season or after the first couple months is going to decide to, like, shift that way. Because if you're in that kind of, like, play-in, um, you know, kind of spot, like, fighting for, like, a ninth or, like, a tenth seed, which I can see Chicago doing, you know, maybe you just look long-term and, and you just kind of punt it. Um, and also like DeMar's talked so much, like, like he was on, he was on a podcast, right. Talking about how he thought going to the Lakers was a done deal. Um, you know, two summers ago. The Clippers too. Yeah. He was talking to Serge about going to the Clippers. Yeah. Right. And it's like, 
I don't know. And then I think the Lakers, like you mentioned, like they're not like they're obviously not satisfied, um, you know, with moving those two draft picks for whatever, you know, is out there right now. And, you know, maybe they are waiting for like a quote unquote star player and and maybe DeMar is the move. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. What's next on this? Um, you know, so I think like I've been talking to a lot of friends recently. I feel like we're in a flop era when it comes to just like really great uh, white three point shooters uh, in the NBA. Um, you know, I, I miss the days of just like Kyle Korver, JJ Redick, and we could go back to um, who do you think will be the emerging uh, white three point shooter of the NBA this season? Okay, so I took emerging to mean like brand new. So like like a Duncan Robinson revenge tour would not count. Like Joe Harris no. being healthy does not count. Yeah. Um, so to me, there's only a couple of candidates, and both of them were at the end of the bench for the Celtics last year, Matt Ryan and Sam Hauser. And I think it's <laughs> got to be Hauser. It's got to be Hauser. Name, Matt Ryan. Um, the man okay, used to work those... in a cemetery. Oh, uh, you know what? I did read that story. Okay, yes, yes, yes. He's yes, on the okay, Lakers now. That, right. He's getting a lot of pub because <laughs> if you're the 15th man for the Lakers, you get a lot of pub. Um, and then yeah. Sam Hauser's not going to be the 15th man anymore like he's going to be in the rotation for boston sam hauser i think is a is a clear pick he he is he is like he is clam chowder matt thomas is he not (laughs) (laughs) like i I feel like i feel like that that's my that's my scouting report on sam hauser but yeah you know i've 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 listened to a lot of different podcasts and, and read some stuff about sam hauser like everybody in the celtics organization are like super high on him like he's, yeah. I guess he's going to be a rotation player. I was thinking Luke Kennard as well. Like I know he's not like a new player. Kennard led the was, league in three point percentage last yo, year. No, but that's what I was looking at. But like, no, I feel like nobody talks about Luke Kennard like that. The thing I worry about Kennard though, because like he was really important to that team last year. And now they just have like 13 guys who deserve to be in the rotation. So like, I literally don't even know if he's going to be an every night guy for the Clippers. Um, but I mean, his shots are going to be even more open. So maybe instead yeah. of shooting like 44%, he shoots like 49% this year or something like completely wild. No, I, I think Luke Kennard can can help with this um with this revival and and bring bring the you know elite white three-point shooter back. Um so but I, I think Sam Hauser is uh is the obvious pick. All right. Um next question for you. Uh what do you think the Raptors uh fan base will get upset at the most this season? See I guess we should clarify, get upset at the most or get the most upset about. I, I don't think this is going to be a big topic of discussion, but judging by my replies on media day, when I merely tweeted a photo of Yuta Watanabe in a Nets jersey, I think we're <laughs> going to hear that Brooklyn does not deserve Utah Watanabe. Oh, I love this. This is like the corollary last year to, uh, you know, the Miami Heat uh, fans don't deserve Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I mean, that's that is why I thought of it, because like... A peek behind the curtain. You suggested that one is like an example of like it will be the. Yeah, I gave of you an example. Year. Yeah, last year's award. To, yeah, I last year's to award Utah. goes to goes to Raptors fans being like, no one's allowed to appreciate Kyle Lowry because they never appreciated him when he was in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And now it's Brooklyn <laughs> oh. doesn't deserve this guy. Yeah. Okay, uh, and it's confirmed. Is it confirmed? Utah Watanabe is going to make the opening day roster. Has that been confirmed? I, I actually uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn-based uh, James Herbert. I don't know that it has been yet. Final yeah. cuts are I coming. I feel like up. he'll make the team. I feel like they'll make the team. I think he should not like only make, make the, the team, team, but like he should play. There's obviously okay. there's like a minimum amount. Like he has to hit some threes. Sure. To, but like if he can they're do pretty, that, there's no reason he shouldn't play. They don't have a lot of depth, right? 
they, they I have mean, they, a lot of depth? they have a lot more than they did last year. Um, okay. That's also assuming that they're going to be healthier than than last year, which was sure. a, obviously a massive issue. Uh, for and, the my boy, Nets. and my boy Chris Chioza is back in the Nets. Cross that off the who he played for. He is. All, when I was uh, at the game the other day, he doesn't have a locker, which is never a good sign. I think U- Utah did have a locker. So, that, so okay. that, that bodes well, I think, for him making the team. Okay. Well, obviously, we're, we're rooting for Utah. Um, Shouts to Takashi. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I, I like that one. And, and the next one, uh, similarly, I guess on the opposite end, is uh, what do you think is the biggest propaganda item that Raptors fans Wait, did you not have season? a Raptors fans getting upset one? Um, mine would be uh, whenever Precious Achua is not included in any conversation about players who can defend multiple positions in the NBA. Mm, that's an extremely specific yeah. gripe, but I love uh, it. It's because I've already <laughs> seen it. So I'm actually, so this is not really a real pick. Like okay. I've, I've seen this happen. Um, okay. What is the biggest uh, propaganda item you think Raptors fans will push this season about their team? I want you to go first on this one. Um, my choices are very uninspired today, man. Um, I'm just leaning on the guests. I, I I was going with Precious again. That Precious is better than Bam Adebayo. Wow, <laughs> better than Bam Adebayo. I, wow. <laughs> I've I've personally called Bam Adebayo an elite role player, but you know we can move on. Bam, um, have you seen Bam? In the he's like shooting threes in the top of the. He's he is yeah, like so aggressive. Andre Bam Drummond. This year I saw Andre Drummond, Drummond fire a few arrows out uh, yeah, we, against. This the Raptors, isn't the first so. time Drummond has done this, and it's never gone this well. The first time I've heard about Bam Adebayo. Yeah. We'll see. Bam's, I'm all in on Bam it. this year. I um, only remember the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, so my Raptors propaganda item is o.g.ananobi is way better than og ananobi the periods were holding him back as a new man yeah i can't believe og did that man that's the most og thing ever man and he knew he was gonna get attention on this i need a favor from you though like i need you to push this propaganda item that the dots have is like shifted his career yeah it gives him a whole new dimension i mean i'll think about it man do you think og's funny he can be, as a media I've member, the, it's like a little frustrating to yes. I've see had the this discussion. I've had this discussion online. I'm kind of like you know, like you know, it's fine, but it's just like, you know, at some point it'd be funnier if you actually you know actually opened up and was you know said something more funny than well. Just there's also like this whole like bit. Kawhi can do the deadpan couple words, but like he also like I mean I've seen even some of his quotes in the preseason like Kawhi will <laughs> yeah, give yeah, Kawhi. paragraph answers sometimes like occasionally yeah, Kawhi's, on, Kawhi's on another level of funny though like they like the social hilarious. media team gives them the phone on media day he's like all right guys let's get this over with <laughs> yeah so I get like I think Kawhi is funnier than OG I think okay OG can be funny though like like the scarfs thing is will always be funny but I, I guess uh, Serge kind of gets the credit for the I don't know like, I think Serge is OG way funnier than, than, than OG, if you look at it overall. Yeah, I'm just thinking specifically of the scarfs thing. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. No, I have this thing. Uh, Shouts to Emma J. Brown. We love OG and Anobi. Um, but, like, I have this thing, um, uh, just, like, a difference between, like, funny and sports funny. You know what I mean? Like, funny funny. Like, actually funny. Whereas, like, you know, in sports, I feel like we lower our standards for, like, you know, what we consider to be funny. Oh, like, we're... As as like if I can speak for the media here, which usually I don't like to do, we are we are this incredibly we easy. 
we are incredibly easy. You just like tell a, a like it can be an awful joke, but if it seems like yeah. you're trying, you like you win the day. We will we will we will go crazy for you. Giannis's dad jokes are a really good example. You, okay, you I think Giannis anything. is actually I think Giannis is actually funny though because I, I think Giannis. But comes he can from say anything and he'll place. get that. He'll get that kind of reaction yeah. regardless of what it is. I just feel like maybe OG's too self-aware at this point. Maybe when he started, it wasn't a self-aware thing. Like, this is just who he is, and this is still just who he is. But I think he's leaned into it a lot now. Like it's like but maybe there's, maybe there's value. Maybe there's value in someone just, like, you know, doing that as a bit for, like, an entire, like, 15-year career. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll pay off. Yeah. He's a good defender. He's just he's warding everybody off like he plays defense. I don't know. Well, it's also like whenever I talk to like, you know, like, you know, obviously during the season, like, you know, I'll try to get a lot of interview requests through to like Raptors PR, um, you know, for for the show. And I'll always ask Will, like, you know, who's the player you want to talk to? Like, give me a list and stuff. And like, even the other day, we were like, man, like, I guess we just never asked for OG because like, you know, you just like, we just feel like it wouldn't be a good interview. Maybe this is exactly how he wants it. Yeah, no, I, no. Trust me, I think a huge part of it is that. Yeah. Like I've had conversations with OG when, like, you know, the recorder is not on, and and they've been like great conversations. But when the recorder comes on, it's a different person. Now yeah. I feel like I'm criticizing. I'm not criticizing him. It's just more like observing. May, hey, I'm just he's very. Got, I'm very. He's got the period in his name now, though. Yeah, we'll we'll try. Okay, let me think about that, man. Let me think about that that's a hard thing to push it was easier to push you know like i miss the good old days you know the golden era of propaganda when it was just like oh matt thomas shot 99 percent from three uh without clarifying that that was like his effective field goal percentage and not his actual percentage um those were the days you know you were just lying to people and now the raptors <laughs> they, they can't shoot so there's nobody you can say that no i'm kidding yeah uh, I know. Who's, who's Otto Porter? is he he gonna be the guy who can you push as like the the savior shooter yeah now? but like Otto Porter has been in the league long enough that I don't think he can push it that hard. Um, mm. I don't know if Wancho is going to play that much, and also Wancho. Oh, Wancho's is a, very a good obvious one. choice, but Wancho's yeah, but... a very obvious choice. Like he's got the movie buzz on him, so I don't, I don't want to force it. Like there's no clear, there's no clear candidates. Like there's really no clear candidates. All right, we got to get like, you to like a couple nine oh five games when the season starts, and you got to <laughs> pick your your next project. Yeah, I gotta watch some Gabe Brown clips. No, I, I think those days might be over for me because, you know, I, I think I think the fan base is just in full propaganda now. You just gotta hand it off to people. Um, I don't know when it's time. I get it. Bit. My yeah. last bit ended when Giannis re-signed with the Bucks. Like you know, pushing Giannis to Toronto was really fun uh, until it wasn't. You know, until, <laughs> until he was until, on a long term contract until, in Milwaukee. Until the, until the Woj <laughs> notification hit, and I was like, oh, okay, I have no personality now. What am I? It would be kind of funny if you brought that back, though. <laughs> well, I still I still think by the time they finish construction at Union Station, maybe Giannis will be here. Yeah. Like, 20, there you go. I mean, he's going to be a free agent again. You could start Actually, talking about, hey, like, Drew Holiday's getting up there. Middleton's getting up there. Like, why would you? You could really, I think this is a good move for yeah. you, especially no. if the Bucks like, underachieve a little bit this year. Like, if they're, like, I not in the man. conference the, finals, for example. Like, because no. I think merely them being a second round out would, again, would be, like, really disappointing if they're healthy. And sure. then you can just slide right back in there. I need to, if my heart's not in it, I can't. You know what I mean? 
Like I can't, I can't be pushing stuff that I don't believe in, and I and I, there's no part of me that thinks Giannis is leaving anytime soon. All right, you know. Yeah, I see. So. I wasn't sure that you actually believed that before. I thought it was just like a fun bit. No, like I truly believe that Matt Thomas was going to make every three. <laughs> like no, but it's like I truly thought like maybe one game he was going to like set a record and hit fifteen of them. Like there was genuine excitement whenever he checked in. Yeah. Like, it has to be real. Like, I was genuinely excited watching, like, Jalen Harris. Like, Will will tell you this. We were at a Global Jam event earlier this year, and, like, I was starstruck by Jalen Harris in, in, you know, when he walked into the gym at um, at Ryerson or, or whatever that new name is, Toronto Metropolitan University. TMU. Oh, yeah. Yeah, TMU. Yeah. Yeah, in a room with, like, Scotty Barnes, with, like, uh, Masai and, like, Bobby Webster, like, well, it had probably Jalen been Harris a while since you had seen Jalen Harris for one. Yeah, no, it's just like, you know, I only get starstruck with like maybe like three people. I can't think of the other two right now. But J- Jalen's up there. Jalen's Magic there. Johnson. Who, who I get, got starstruck by you, Magic who Johnson. Who would you get? Who would you get starstruck? Oh, man, if I saw Magic. No, it was when I was yeah. in Toronto. One of those, um, the it was when, you know, Masai has those like the honoring Nelson Mandela events. And it was on the practice oh, board right. upstairs at the... At, I think was probably still the ACC at that point and yeah. magic was there. And I remember I like asked him some question in a scrum and I was like, Oh man, like I was like, I was literally four years old watching that guy, like his like, yeah. VHS tapes. Like he was like my favorite no, that's, player. As, no, as a, that's pretty awesome. I, I think yeah. early on when I covered the NBA, like the first time I was like in the locker room and Kobe was there or like LeBron, like those are big deals to me. But, but you know how after a while you get very just like desensitized to all of it. I get it. Yeah. I like think it's different really, when it's somebody you watched as a little kid versus yeah. somebody who Well, the first like, time I got to like interview Shaq in person was was cool for me because like that was like my favorite player growing up. Yeah. Like, and now it's no big getting, deal. It's just like, that's my guy Shaq. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's probably still a big deal. Actually, I was pretty excited to see Dennis Scott too because like I loved Dennis Scott growing hey, up 3D, too when he was yeah, on the Magic. Like, yeah. I mean, you'll just see him at like a shoot around or something if he's like in town for an NBA yeah. TV game. Like, yeah. Yeah. Players only, baby. I have... I have a Dennis Scott jersey. I should um, I should just um, you know, break all rules and get that signed next time when I see him. Just I actually don't think that's here. breaking a rule. Is because yeah, you're me asking either. a media person to sign. That's fine. You know what? You're right. Um, you're gonna have to. Check you could go and get like Alvin Williams schedule. to sign a jersey. I don't think anybody would be that mad at you. Would, <laughs> yeah, like, this you is can't not go like... and get Jalen Harris to do it. <laughs> no, this this is not like um. This is not like when um, when I was covering one of the Warriors Cavs finals and, you know, I was in San Francisco at the time and happened to there happened to be a family wedding like my cousin was getting married and a lot of family members flew in from like China and Hong Kong and they were huge like Golden State Warriors like Steph Curry fans. And once they found out I was covering the finals, they were like, oh, can we bring you a bunch of stuff to get Steph Curry to sign it tomorrow? <laughs> absolutely not like cool thoughts like, no and one of them's like can i just borrow your credential and go to practice oh my god <laughs> oh man make sure make sure all the media nba media credential guys are not are not listening to this i can't think of their names right now they have iconic names the people that we deal with i mean you didn't do um, it so it's fine no i didn't do it but you know they might freak out of the suggestion of it so do you have a starstruck list so magic johnson is on your list it doesn't I, even have to be basketball. I don't know. Like, I honestly, I can't really yeah. think of any, like, like magic is the one that like immediately jumps to mind. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. 
What about Clement Chu of CCYA, given your history with the uh, with the uh, association? Yeah, I would be totally starstruck. Have you talked to him about how I played as a kid, though? Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think we waiting. I think we talked about it offhand, but it's never been like in full detail. I feel like they should retire your jersey or something. I just I just want him to give you the scouting report. Were you that's the all, only non Chinese person there? Uh I felt like that, but that I don't want to say definitively <laughs> that that's that that's what it was. There could have been Yo, another okay. person. Okay. I don't remember. Okay. Oh yeah, I'll I'll ask Clement. I'm sure we'll have Clement on the show during the season. Um, you know, whenever they 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 make another Mitchell and S drop. So I'll definitely ask him. Right. Um now now you got me thinking of like just like the most starstruck moments because we see like especially you in like Brooklyn. Um, you know, and obviously when I used to be there, like, you know, and, and even at the garden too, for the Knicks, like you see a lot of celebrities, right? Like there's just a lot of celebrities courtside. Although I remember when I was in Brooklyn, Ja Rule was always the one that was on screen. He still is sometimes there. Um, yeah. the weirdest one, like, so like Ben Stiller is friends with, um, a lot of, well, at least some athletes, like, but he's not a Nets fan, right? No, he's a Knicks fan, but like... Oh, okay, okay. okay. But he's like friends with Dirk. So like when Dirk was still playing, if the Mavericks were in town, you would just like unfailingly see Ben still, unless he was like somewhere else, like shooting something or whatever. Like Mm. you just see him down in the like the behind the scenes area, um, like just like chatting with Dirk. Like he went to the game to see him play, but also to like catch up with his buddy. Um, right. So yeah, there's there's stuff like that that definitely happened more often here than than in Toronto. But in Toronto, you get some too. I mean, yeah, Toronto's. I I haven't had you a situation a of, like get, where yeah. I show up at a game and suddenly I'm in the room where the coach does the press conference and instead of talking to the coach, we're talking to Drake. Like <laughs> oh, that yeah. was interesting. Um, that hasn't happened in New York. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Actually, my now now you got me thinking. My favorite one when I was in Brooklyn was seeing Chris Martin of Coldplay courtside. I feel like you were there too. I've, I've told you this story. <laughs> I have also seen him. I think he specifically yeah. goes to the Warriors games, if I, if okay. I remember right. Yeah, it was probably yeah. Warriors game. And I saw him courtside, and I was like, hey, Chris, man, big fan. Um, <laughs> you know, big fan of Coldplay. Um, is it cool if I take a photo? And he's like, ah. He's like, I'm sorry, man, my daughter's here and stuff. I'm like, she doesn't need to be in the photo. <laughs> <laughs> and he very politely declined. <laughs> And I wanted to start singing to him like, yo, when you try your best and you don't <laughs> succeed. But anyways, that would have been a great moment. Anyways, what's our next one? Um, the next superstar to be randomly linked to the Lakers for no reason. So to find super, okay, I I kind of feel like, like franchise player. You define player. superstar. <laughs> I, I went with franchise player rather than superstar. Star. Like- How about just star player? Or did you want a franchise player? Oh, you wanted to up the level. How about it? No, I, I think superstar is like the highest of the high. Like, okay. I would say like, like I'll go with Bradley Beal. I don't hmm. actually think that's like super likely. He has a freaking no trade clause. So he would have to want to go there. Um, and I don't know that the team is definitely going to be bad. I think they have a, like a kind of solid roster. It's just you need to be more than solid the way the East is now. Like the East is just too good. So I think they could be bad. Um Otherwise, I mean, I considered a few. I considered Demar, like you said. I considered Zach Levine. Um, Gordon Hayward was a franchise player at one point, not anymore. I don't. I don't know. Like he has already been linked. I think people like just sort of speculating. Like, could Rogier and Hayward for Westbrook and the picks make sense? Like, something like that. But I think if I if I have to pick one, I'll I'll pick Beal. But I don't feel great about it. Can I make two picks? I just made like four. 
So yeah. Oh, okay, that's right. Sorry, I wasn't listening. Um, Damian <laughs> Lillard and Kevin Durant. Durant? Yeah. Can't you see it? I, what's Can't the you trade? see LeBron and Durant? Can't you see LeBron like would it be LeBron for Durant? Is that the trade? Well, no, like LeBron and Durant together, like playing together. Listen, I haven't. Is Anthony Davis actual, coming to Brooklyn? I guess. Like I haven't thought through the mechanics of how this is going to happen, but uh, I think I think one of the funniest outcomes is like we know. I think we know that Kyrie was trying to go to the Lakers, and that might still happen after his contract expires after this season. It'd be hilarious if Kevin Durant beat him to that, and was like, actually, I'm going to go play with LeBron. That's that's very hard for me to envision. Like. Again, unless yeah. if Anthony Davis is in the trade, then okay. But that's why these are these but are just like bold predictions. These are bold predictions. You can't. It's interesting. You can't see you can't see bold predictions coming until they actually happen. Um, that's fair. Which which two superstars uh, will stop getting along this season? This was the I. hardest question for me. I.e. Harden and KD from last year. Yeah, these are hard to predict. I I went with AD and LeBron. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, I've I could just very see kid- that season yeah, going yeah. sideways, and they've yeah. been through a lot together. Uh, obviously, they are they have been in lockstep. They're like you know, yeah, but the agency uh, stuff and know, everything. They won a championship yeah, together. But LeBron's never been close to teammates, and then suddenly turned on them in his career. You know, there's not a long, <laughs> long uh, laundry list of that happening. You know, so I just I could see the season going from. very awry, and then at that point, all bets are off. Well, I, yeah, I think for the Lakers, like there's been so much focus about you know where what they're going to get for Russell Westbrook, and I think the assumption is he is going to get moved at some point. But you know, I think that's hiding the bigger conversation of you know if this team isn't as currently constructed going to be able to go anywhere. You know, the next conversation is do we trade Anthony Davis, right? Um, but I think they're in a tough spot because like if Anthony Davis, um, you know, struggles or doesn't meet expectations then what's the trade market really there for him? And if he plays really well, like, why would you trade him? Because that's the player that you want next to LeBron. So the Lakers are yeah. just in a tough spot in, like, many different ways. He was supposed to be also the player who was, like, the bridge to whatever the next version of the Lakers yeah, is. Yeah, I feel like that, uh, yeah, unless he really has, like, I'm talking, like, MVP-level season. Um, Hey, if the Lakers have a great season, how about Anthony Davis for MVP? Okay, maybe He's not. talented enough. That's not the question. Yeah. The question is... Will the team be good enough, and will he stay on the floor, and will the shots go in right? Like, because we what we saw in the bubble was kind of mind blowing, and we just haven't seen him shoot like that since then. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with CP and DeAndre Ayton. I feel like the vibes emanating from from Phoenix are just bad, and and again, teams just with CP just have a history of just not getting along after the first couple of years. You're gonna call Ayton a superstar. I mean, okay, just which two players will stop getting along? So Booker and Paul? What are you going to tell me, Kevin Love and Dean Wade? Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I think you got to go Booker and Paul if you're going Phoenix. But I think Aiden's Aiden's the more likely because he wants more touches and and CP is the point guard and Aiden's not happy there, you know, by all accounts. Like, I I think it's just got, got all the makings of this. I get it. I'm just not putting him in the superstar club. Okay, fine. You're you're just yeah. Okay, fine. Um, I'm rephrasing the question to which two basketball players? God, uh, which oh, team wow. will make the biggest jump in win total this season? All right. So I went with the Pelicans because they won thirty six games 36 last year. Last year, yeah. They were much better than that as a team by the end. I mean, they started off one and twelve. They They'll probably win McCullum. ten more than that at least. Yeah. I think they I should. Think. 
Yeah. I think they should. I, I mean, I thought about I thought about Sacramento as well at thirty, because like not inconceivable yeah. they win like forty if they have a really good season. Wow, does that sound sad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that a little, but that's sad. what they're shooting for. They're just being honest. I yeah. mean, the, the, Listen, the other teams I considered I, were really good teams. Like I considered the Clippers that won forty two last year, the Nuggets won forty eight, the Nets won forty four. Um, yeah, but the Pelicans, I, the Pelicans, I just Pelicans, felt like Pelicans is the obvious choice. I feel like. yeah, yeah. I'll go with the Pelicans too, but. No, I really hope I hope Sacramento has a good season, man. Uh, I love when like you know those fan bases get to like celebrate after just like such long periods of just like I don't know like sadness. Yeah, get those cowbells out. Let's go. Yeah, I want to see some cool Sacramento stories. And again, I'm a big Mike Brown fan. Which team will have the biggest fall and wins this season? I believe Utah is the obvious pick. Is the only pick because we won should really be just picking year. like the second biggest fall. <laughs> yeah. So after Utah, I guess. I feel like this is obvious too. I don't know how you feel like Phoenix or do you I, think I have, all this vibe stuff doesn't matter? I think it matters, but I don't know how much it matters. I, I picked the Hornets. Um, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. How many did they win last year? They won 43 last year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're going to be comfortably below 500 this yeah. year or uncomfortably below. If you'd like to phrase it that way. Um, and I also think they're just sort of a candidate to blow it up if it starts poorly. Well, LaMelo Ball's out to start the season. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that. Um, Last one for you before we move on to our final segments. Uh, What is one bold prediction you would be willing to bet a million dollars on? It's a funny question because it's supposed to be bold, but also I'm supposed to be really confident in it, which like that's an interesting Venn diagram to get to. Um, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't asking for um, constructive criticism on the questions. No, I'm saying it's a good question. It's a tough question. Oh, oh okay, have, okay. Then all, all, then okay. Then your responses are welcomed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I went with. I'm predicting the Cavs will be in the play-in. Oh, I like that. Okay, so you're not as high on them as some some other uh, pundits. I am not. I, I think that they do have a ceiling. Um, that is obviously why above it, that. Why do they call it pundits? Uh, anyways, yeah. So you're saying they're going to be in the plane. Uh, yeah. yeah. Why is that though? What does that word mean? Anyways, okay. Like a, if you are a pontificator, like... Oh my God, opinions, a like... pontificator. This is... Okay, I'm going to introduce you as that this season. Okay, so you're saying Cavs <laughs> oh, wow. are going to be in the play-in. So you're not... You're yeah, not I feel a little nervous saying it because like a lot of the problems that I have with their roster, I feel like you're going to show up way more in the playoffs than the regular season. You but, should be nervous. You're you're um, betting a hypothetical million dollars. But the, the look, the East just has too many good teams, and I don't feel as confident about their formula as I do some of the other teams that are in the same tier. So yeah, that, the East is just really good, man. The East yeah. is just really good. Um, this was a trick question because I would never risk a million dollars like this. I'm very fiscally responsible. Neither um, would I. But yeah, but like I would go with uh, the Pistons will beat the Raptors once, at least once this season. <laughs> Is that bold? <laughs> they always do. I know, but it's it's like bold because you're putting a million dollars on it, right? Like I feel like any prediction is bold at that point. Oh, wow. Okay. Like if you're willing to put a million on it, right? I predict Sam Hauser will make a three. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but like, cool. oh my god! All right, man, I can't deal with this. All right, let's go to Shout our top five. Hauser. Top five. You know, I was joking all off season, being like, ah, I bet you they're gonna hype up Sam Hauser coming into the season. This is all we're gonna talk about: Sam Hauser on the Celtics, DeAnthony Melton changing, you know, the landscape of the Eastern Conference on the Sixers, and this is actually happening. This is my worst nightmare. Um, top five 
over under win totals that we're most confident in. I'm going to give you my five. Let's see if there's any overlap. We grabbed these odds from a site called Vegas Insider. Um, this was the first uh, first search that came up, I believe, James. Absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, by the way, just don't don't gamble until you hear Will and I um, you know, have a daily gambling sponsor next week. Um, so my picks, top five over under win totals. Um, I've got Phoenix under 52.5, Milwaukee over 52.5, wow. Toronto over 45.5, Brooklyn under 49 and a half and Charlotte under 35 and a half. Um, any overlaps for you? Only one. Cause I banned myself from picking the Raptors. Cause I figured okay. it was just kind of pandering. And I thought you'd probably have it, but I agree with you. The Raptors, like if I were just doing my top five, <laughs> oh, pandering. Any... Wait, till, wait till, wait till you hear my playoff predictions, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So oh, you've got, so you've skipped Toronto. Yeah. So the only one that we overlapped is the Hornets. Hmm. I'm actually surprised you picked the Suns because the Suns, to me, like based on pure talent, their their over under is quite low. Yes, and and this is assuming already like a 12 win drop off from last season when That's they won 64. I am just, you know, when I don't feel the vibes, I just don't feel the vibes. I feel like I got to lean in on that. You're a vibes guy. I get it. Very big vibes guy. So I, I just have to. I mean, that's why two teams are on here: Brooklyn and Phoenix. Yeah, because I, I mean, mean the Nets, you have to like they have the potential to just blow that number away. Oh, the Nets could win sixty games. Yeah, the Nets could be the number one seed in the East, and I would not, you know, be remotely surprised. So you think we'll they're see. just gonna they're gonna end up trading KD, or somebody's I mean, gonna get hurt, or yeah, I'm just assuming all the factors. Like, there's like eleven factors you have to go through with the Nets. Like, how's Ben Simmons gonna play? You know, Kyrie, all this stuff. Right. Like there's just I don't know. Things break right, things can break right, but I'm you know, I'm I'm just gonna bet on what I have seen so far from this era of the Nets. Okay. Even um, if they have even if some things break right for them, like, you know, maybe they just finish as a forty eight win team. Yeah. It's hard for me to see it if they are relatively healthy, if they're injuries or obviously if there's some kind of you know just they're kind of like implosion where like they the, end up the, trading yeah, people then but sure they're like, a but. Go, they're like a ghost that like spooks people it's like last year you know everybody was so afraid of you know maybe having to play them in the play-in and it's fine like like they made it out of the play-in and then they got swept by boston right like i think i was picking the nets to win in the first round against the celtics yeah I mean, they, they lost like, to the team that eventually made the finals. They lost four really close games. That's like fair. That, I, I love the, it, the close game thing is fine for me, but it's like, you know. I mean, their like, offense was better against the Celtics defense than most of the other teams that they, they went through. Yeah, it I'll, was I'll just, give the Celtics defense a lot of credit, but it's like that was one of Kevin Durant's like worst playoff series. Like Ky- Kyrie yeah. didn't really play that well. And I mean, I know the roster is upgraded this year for them because the roster was not good last year. Especially after ro- you trade Harden and, and you don't even have Simmons for the playoffs. Well, the roster was good when they started the season, but they never had that roster. So yeah. it's like they're, they're, the the offensive environment now is completely different. Like the it's almost I'm a different just, sport. Yeah. What Kevin Durant was looking at when he had one shooter on the court next to him or two versus when he has three or four, which is what's going to be the case now, which is what's the case for pretty much any star in the NBA now. Like teams just don't play lineups like the ones that you saw last year for Brooklyn. Um, like it's just a whole different world. And and we, like by the end of that series, the Nets decided, okay, well, we, well, we are going to give you the spacing. And so they, they put 
you know, Patty Mills out there with Seth Curry and Kyrie Irving, then suddenly you have these three six foot guys, like one of them might have to guard Al Horford or Daniel Tice and like they're switching a lot. It was just a disaster. Like Nash had his hands tied. There was only so much they could do. Like to me, they were better in that series than they probably should have been in terms of like the point differential and how competitive those games were. They just happened to not win a game. Um, but I don't that's fine. Think that's but it's particularly like, well, relevant for what the team is now when they have Ben Simmons, they have Joe Harris, they have Royce O'Neal, they have all of these guys. It's just a completely different team. Yeah, I think it's just relying a lot too. Like, uh, you know, like I feel like coaching only matters at like the very top level when your team's trying to like get over the hump and actually win a championship. And like how many matchups in in the playoffs is, you know, Steve Nash, or are the Nets going to have a coaching advantage with Steve Nash? I mean, I th- I mean, this is my thing. Like, I just think the criticism of Nash has been super unfair. Like, I, I don't like, think it's when they had him. Harden and and Kyrie and Durant, they played this like pretty unselfish style of basketball for a team that has like the most one on one scoring talent in NBA history. Like, I thought they had sure. an identity, thought they kind of overachieved defensively, especially in the playoffs. Um, and then last year, it was just, what did you want him to do? Like, I just, I did not understand the, the stuff yeah, about, like, Nash I, didn't make adjustments. He made plenty. It was just, he ran out of talent. Yeah, I think it's just a level of creativity, like, when people think of, like, a Nick Nurse or, like, a Ty Lue or something like that. And, like, you know what? I don't need to talk about Steve Nash, because you know what? Kevin Durant actively tried to get him fired. So that's how he feels about Steve Nash. Um, yeah, but didn't you see him posing with Nash's kids at the practice in the park the other day? They're all good now. Yeah, Don't worry about it. The, NBA, the kids the were wearing Durant jerseys. The, the NBA is hilarious, man. I want Nash. I've been pushing the agenda for Nash to resign. Like, just, you don't need this. Like, But he loves you, it. You know, he's a sicko. No, he's not a sicko. He's he's not a sicko. And he, he just needs to live a very chill life. Anyways, who, who are your <laughs> top five uh, over-unders? I got the Nuggets at over 49 and a half. The Cavs at under 47 and a half. The Hawks at over 45 and a half. The Pelicans over 44 and a half. The Hornets under 35 and a half. Okay. No, I like those. Yeah, I, th- I think our general assumption is like Charlotte's going to get into that Victor Wembayama uh, sweepstakes. And I guess also too, like they're just not that good. I mean, I don't really want to get into the Miles Bridges stuff. Like he shouldn't be on the team, like right. at least right but now. On the court, um, but, but on the court, but, they lost. They lost the player that they thought was going to be like the you know the running mate with Lamelo. Well, you can't just take the second best player off of any team and not replace them whatsoever and expect that they'll be okay. But the rest um, of the roster is also like you know it's pretty like uninspiring, right? Well, this is the thing. Like I, I think there are some guys who you look at and you could say like, all right, like I'm interested in seeing what like PJ Washington does here this year. I'm interested in like, Oh, like Mark Williams, like could give them the kind of center they, they haven't really had. Um, but I don't know what any of this really like adds up to like uh, what I've seen, like they've been a complete mess in the preseason. Um, I kind of didn't understand the coaching change that, that they made. I thought Borrego had them going in in a good direction um, I'm not confident that the coaching change is enough to make them a comp, like a, an above average defensive team. Like, I just don't really think the talent is there. Um, and offensively, I think like they were doing great. Like they had a great offense last year. It's going to be worse without bridges though. Um, and now Lamelo's out at the start of this year. I, I think there's, it's going to be a real heavy lift for guys like Rozier and Hayward, and I, I think it's it's going to be pretty tough for them in the East. The part of it is the East is just so good that if you're only kind of good, then you're in a lot of trouble. And that's like 
that's going to put teams like them in a position where they really have to ask themselves, like, what are we trying to accomplish this year? Yeah, I think if if you're not a win now team, you know, the worst place you want to find yourself in this this season is the play in. And, you know, I think a lot of these teams should just make the decision early. And, you know, I'm like the most anti-tanking guy, but, you know, I saw three clips of Victor Wambayama and I was like, all right, um, you know, teams should actually um, do all that they can to, to go for this play. I just want the Hornets to be cool again because, like, you know, growing up, the Hornets just had, like, the coolest logo, the coolest jerseys. They had a lot of cool players on their team as well. And they just, like, haven't been good, um, like, for so long now. Like well, I was actually, I've never, like, like, I've never turned know. on a team this hard as I have in one off season. Like I was completely fine with the direction they were going toward the end of last yeah. year. I, I thought they were like super fun the last couple of years, honestly, like sure. they had a style of play. They were all like, it was all, everything was kind of trending in the right direction. And now it's just not, some of it is like, not quite like the team's fault. Um, but some of it is and, like the last couple of draft drafts don't look super good for them. And I'm curious to see what some of the young guys turn into. It seems like they're going to get some run. Uh, but like they were very obviously trying to be one of those teams that like is competitive and develops players at the same time. And I'm just not quite sure how competitive this this roster is going to be able to be. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. You know, it's um, it's been downhill since they let Jeremy Lin go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's been tough for them all right uh, playoff predictions who you got in the eastern conference finals and the western conference finals and, and who you got in your finals matchup and then you got to pick all right um in the east i have the celtics over the sixers in the west i have the clippers over the nuggets and in the finals i got the clippers over the celtics nice damn so you think boston's gonna make another run eh see the thing is like i made that pick before all of the Udoka stuff and before the Robert Williams injury. And when that stuff happened, I had to ask myself like, okay, like this is going to make the season weird. Like they'll probably win fewer games in the regular season, but like, do I, am I overreacting if I change how I think it'll shake up in the end? And I thought I would be like, I just, I still think like Williams is going to be back. I don't know why Missoula would like drastically change the formula that they had. It was a really good one. Um, and so I just see like one of the deepest teams in the league also has a lot of top end talent. Um, and they kind of, I mean, both them and the, the Clippers, the two teams that make in the finals, are just so crazy versatile, like so built for the way the game is played now. Um, and they have more than enough playmaking. Like the Celtics getting Brogdon was, I, I think one of the best moves of the off season. He needs to stay healthy, but provided that he does, I think that changes their team in a meaningful way. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I, I stuck with them and it, like I'm picking two teams that they're like pretty significant injury concerns, but like part of me is just like, well, that's life. Like every team has significant injury concerns. Like you don't know who's going to have some like random thing happen to them. Um, and so I'm just, I'm going, going that way. All right. I've got Milwaukee over Toronto in the Eastern conference finals. And I've got the Clippers over the Warriors in the West, I actually really wanted to pick the Warriors, but you still can. You saying, can change it. I've been saying no. I've been saying the Clippers. I've been saying the Clippers going to win the championship, and I feel like the only argument against it, well, aside from obviously like you know injury and health and all that stuff, uh, is the fact that they're the Clippers. Um, it's it's just wild to be picking the Clippers, but then I've got I got the I got the Clippers over Milwaukee in in, in the finals. Okay, 
um, Kawhi, Kawhi defeats uh, Giannis again. Also, I predicted these teams to be like the top two seeds in each conference like earlier this week. So I guess I'm just sticking with that. Just trying to have some consistency. Kawhi um, versus Giannis again would be really fun. Yo, that matchup just would be really fun. Actually, the matchup I'm most hoping happens is Clippers-Golden State. Um, I think that would just be such a fun series. And I also want to see a Milwaukee Sixers series because we haven't gotten that, right? No, we never have. Yeah. So, they're, they're, so those we'll, matchups are always interesting. Like It's like the question of like how is Philly going to defend Giannis? Like, what are they going to do? Like, I've seen some games in the past where they've put Embiid on him. <laughs> um, and that's fascinating to me. Um, so I didn't have that. I had boston over philly but i'm not like the bucks are obviously like a legitimate pick to like win the whole thing if you want to make yeah. that pick yeah and uh, you know i gotta have the raptors in the conference finals just for fun uh five really random predictions that i just came up with um for no reason yesterday for you uh dean wade will record a triple double i don't i just like dean wade um just just his name uh the best d wade that's ever played in cleveland uh, Giannis, Giannis <laughs> will will randomly hit ten threes in a single game this season. Uh, Steph 10? is gonna have a yeah. Steph is gonna have a seventy point game. Um, at least three teams will lose by uh, fifty points in a game this season, um, just because of the rampant uh, tanking that's going on. And I think the there was like a seventy three point loss last year. Oh my god, <laughs> was was that tanking induced or was that just a team I think being it was, terrible? I think it was COVID induced. But okay. also, yeah, it was oh, it was hardship. It was hardship exemption induced. A lot of weird uh, stuff happened last year. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, knock on wood, we'll have a normal season. And the last one is that uh, Will uh, and Utah will actually go for ramen when the Nets come to Toronto. And I guess I will have to personally make that happen. So um, those those are my those are my predictions. Wow, we have once again. I was trying to I was trying to do like 45 minutes today. So final segment, you know, James last year, whenever we had you on, we, we you know, did the popular who he play for game that Inside the NBA does with Charles Barkley. Um, and you've prepared, I believe you told me you prepared 31 players, but I've had you narrow it down to 10. Um, so so we're gonna go 10 players here in uh, rapid fire fashion. I'm gonna try to guess who these players play for. And uh, the rule is if I get seven out of 10 or better, then I get to play another round of 10. I don't think you're going to get that. So Yeah, you you did tell me that, and you seem very confident in that. So, um, And you did give me a practice one, which was Jake Lehman, um, who, who I'm momentarily confused with Jake Voschkel and I guess Phoenix, I believe. <laughs> um, but but he is on Boston. So let's let's do this. Who he play for? We're going to keep a running tally this year. Uh, my goal is to uh, be 500 in this game. Um, all right, James, uh, hit me with these players, man. All right, let's go. Kevin Knox. <laughs> Kevin Knox. So he was on the Knicks. I know he got traded. Um, I feel like Atlanta's too obvious. He must be somewhere else now, but I'm just going to go with Atlanta. It's not Atlanta. He he was on Atlanta. Now he's on the Pistons. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. 0 for 1. All right. What's next? Let's go with Raptors legend, James Johnson. James Johnson. I cannot believe he's still in the league. He's not with the Adelaide 36ers. He's not. Um, James Johnson. I believe, oh, I don't believe anything in this game. Uh, he, 
<laughs> James Johnson, this is so tough. Ah, Sacramento Kings. Pacers. <laughs> this is impossible, man. Okay. All right. What's next? Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice. Oh, he was on Houston. He went back to Boston, right? And now he's, I guess he's somewhere else. Daniel Tice, Denver Nuggets. Also the Pacers. <laughs> oh my he God. Was, he was right. in the, the Brogdon trade. Sure, sure, sure. All right, that's three. All right, what's next? Uh, let's go with a member of the Curry clan, Damian Lee. Damian Lee, I only know this because I actually interviewed him for another pod. Actually, I still might get it wrong. Wow. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, Phoenix Suns. Ah, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, I was debating between Phoenix Suns and the Lakers because wow. they got Juan Toscano Anderson, right? Okay. They did. Yeah, I wasn't sure about those two. One okay, for Damian Lee. Yeah, JT like is not on my list, yet. by the way. Okay, that's um, good. But I feel All like right. I should go with another former warrior now. Uh, let's go with Kent Bazemore. Kent Bazemore. Wow. Kent Bazemore. I am going to say he's on the Charlotte Hornets. He's on the Kings. Oh my God. I should have said the Kings. Okay. I'm <laughs> one for five. Um, so we're already not going to hit the seven out of 10 um, no. criteria. All right. What's up? Uh, I'm what's sorry. Next? All right. I think this guy's been on who he played for like every year. Um, or like multiple times in the same year when we've done this, I'm going to do it again. Gorgie Jang. <laughs> These are impossible. <laughs> it's not impossible. Gorgie. These are all players who like will play this year. Gorgie Jang is on the Brooklyn Nets. San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, he feels like a San Antonio player. This is the second time there. Did you remember that? Um, I do remember him being a spur, but he was a bio guy like a couple of years ago. <sighs> All right. What's next? <laughs> I feel bad for you. Um, okay. This is my favorite who we play for. Uh, Matthew Delavadova. <sighs> Matthew Delavadova is still in the league. Well, he was out of the league, but now he's back. Seems like he feels like a Sacramento King to me. Sacramento. You're right. Yes. Two. Wow. Feels like a Sacramento King is a Sacramento King. All right. I love that. Um, how about we go? How Neto? Oh my God, man. He is on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yes. Oh, I don't know why. Uh, yeah. I don't know why I knew that. I was pretty confident in that. All right. You're impressed. I got two more, right? Uh, Yeah. You have two more. Okay, two more. If I get these two, I'll actually finish 500. But These guys were both uh, picked very high in the NBA draft. Okay. Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. I actually think I know this. He's on Portland. <laughs> no, <not laughs> he was anymore. on Portland. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I'm always <laughs> one team behind. That was a little while ago. <laughs> He's on the Hornets. <laughs> You're like, this was a little while ago. <laughs> Yeah, he's on, he's on. It was just you're yeah. so confident in it. Yo, you know <laughs> the funny. That. You know the funniest part of this game. Every time I get confident, it's because I'm one team behind. Yeah. Um. All right. What's the last okay. one? This this is kind of a hard one. Uh, Willie Cauley Stein. Willie Cauley Stein. I'm gonna say Detroit Pistons. It's a good guess because they just have like every big man in the NBA. But no, he's a Houston Rocket. 
<laughs> these are so these are actually so hard all right i finished three out of ten uh, i'm gonna keep that tally going it's just um, the preseason you're warming up you haven't gotten to see a lot of your league pass games yet um that's right league you haven't pass. done your regular viewing of uh just yeah, random the, Kings Hornets games to keep track of who's on the second unit and who's at the end of the bench. So like once you get yeah. that in, you'll be totally fine. All 30 teams haven't come through Toronto yet. And, and I haven't messaged you during warmups to be like, oh my God, this guy's on the Pelicans. Um, so you look out for those messages from me. James, appreciate you. Where can people find you on social and where can they read your work? Uh, at outside the NBA on Twitter and all my work is at cbsports.com in the NBA section. Yeah. Shouts, shouts to James Herbert, CCYA alum, um, yeah. pon- pontificator. And we'll, we'll definitely have James <laughs> on during the season. Uh, appreciate everyone for listening to the season preview content this week. Will and I will be back. I don't know if we're going to do a podcast, um, you know, on, on Friday. I know Will has suggested it, but, who knows? He's like, I want to get your preseason observations. I'm like, I don't know about that. Uh, anyways, uh, if not, <laughs> we will talk to you next Monday. Raptor show is back. JR, hit the outro music. <laughs>